I'd like for you to um, find Acts chapter 9 in your Bible. And <clears throat> when you have found that, turn to Galatians chapter 1. That's where we'll be reading initially tonight. Um, you can find Acts chapter 9 and mark it there and um, then turn to Galatians chapter 1 and we want to read at verse 15. Galatians chapter 1 beginning at verse 15, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace, to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen, Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank You for this service tonight. We thank You for each one who has come. And we pray that You would bless them for having come and had a desire in their hearts to meet with You. We thank You for Your presence here with us. Uh, we thank You for Your Word that we've heard already tonight in song. We thank You for the, the choir, and we thank You for the song that they sang, Justified. And we think about Romans 5.1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that You would bless our study of Your Word tonight and, and speak to our hearts as we look into it for a few moments. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In our evening messages, we are spending time here in the book of Galatians. And in doing that, it has given us an opportunity to look at Paul's conversion. He brings that up here in verse 15. And that has directed us last Sunday night and again on Wednesday night of this past week to the details of Paul's conversion in Acts chapter 9. And what we have seen in Paul's salvation is that he's not a special case. He is not unique. God not only separated Paul from his mother's womb, as he says in verse 15, but we have seen in Psalm 139 and verse 13 that He has separated every person from their mother's womb. That verse says, Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And we have seen how this word covered means to hedge. It means to, to fence about. It means to shut in. All of those words describe what we do to separate something. This is what David is telling us of every human being that has ever been born or will be born is that God has covered, He's hedged, He's fenced about, He has separated us in our mother's womb. Exactly the way that He did the Apostle Paul. God has not separated. He has not appointed some as the Calvinists teach to wrath and some to salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 is a verse that I've thought about recently. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, 
but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And to that end, God calls us, just as He did the Apostle Paul, by His grace. The grace of God that bringeth salvation that hath appeared to all men. Paul tells us in uh, Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. So Paul's salvation is not unique. In fact, it is a pattern of every person who trusts the Lord Jesus as their Savior. We looked at what Paul said Wednesday night in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. And then on Wednesday night, after Paul was saved, we saw the what and the when and the where of the will of God for Paul's life. Um, I've been talking about that on Sunday morning in our studies of Lot. But it's a very important thing to consider concerning the Lord's will. Now we want to look back at at Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9 and verse 6. And we read, And he trembling and astonished, that is Paul, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? That is a critical question. It's a critical question. It's a question that opens the door of salvation. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? That's the question that the Philippian jailer asked of Paul and Silas. What must I do to be saved? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? The answer comes back, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. This is the work of God that ye believe on Him whom He has sent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So this question, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? It opens the door of salvation. And it also opens the door of the Lord's will. And it's like that because Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. And so Paul receives Christ Jesus the Lord with that question. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And he walks in him with that question. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Remember, 1 Timothy 1.16, Paul is a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on the Lord Jesus to everlasting life. We receive Christ Jesus the Lord with that question. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And we walk in Him with that question. Lord, 
What wilt thou have me to do? And when we ask that question, as Paul did, the Lord will show us the what and the when and the where of His will, just like He did for Paul. Notice again, Acts chapter 9 and verse 6. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go. That's the when of the Lord's will for Saul's life. Arise and go. That's right now. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city. Into the city. That's the where of God's will for Saul's life. That's where He wanted him to go. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. That's the what of God's will for Saul's life. Arise and go into the city and wait for further instructions. That's what I want you to do. And we see this same pattern of the Lord's will in the life of Ananias, the, the man that the Lord sent Saul to. Look, we want to think about this man tonight. We didn't um, have time to get to him uh, Wednesday night. But look at, at uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Notice first of all the response of Ananias to the Lord. The Lord calls Ananias his name. And he only has to call it once. One of the, I guess I would call it one of the pet peeves of my daddy was him having to call us boys more than one time. And um, we learned the hard way that we needed to answer on the first time that we hear our name. And, and, and I'm struck by that here. The Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And the immediate response of this man was, Behold... I'm here, Lord. Now, those are different words than Paul said. Paul said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Ananias said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. They are different words, but they express the same attitude of heart. They express the same attitude of heart. And the Lord looketh on the heart. The Lord looketh on the heart. And in response, Ananias has the same attitude of heart that Paul has. And in response to the same attitude of heart that Paul has, the Lord gives Ananias the what and the when and the where of his will for his life. Look at verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go. <laughs> it's the same uh, time that he had is the same when that he gave to the Apostle Paul. Arise and go. That's the when of the Lord's will for Ananias' life. Right now. Right now. Arise and go. 
Then he said, Arise and go into the street, which is called straight. That's the where of the Lord's will for Ananias. But I want you to notice something here that's very important. Notice that the where here gets even more specific and more exact. The where of the Lord's will includes the house on the street which is called straight where Ananias was to go. And the Lord said unto him, verse 11, Arise and go into the street which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Getting more specific, isn't it? The where of the Lord's will includes the house on the street which is called straight where Ananias was to go. Remember, there is no respect of persons with God. Ananias and the Lord's dealings with him about his will, Ananias is not a special case any more than Paul was a special case. The Lord is not going to to leave... um, these things apply to us, and that's, that's what we want to think about. The Lord is not going to leave us wondering where on straight street we're to go. He doesn't want us wandering around on straight street looking for just any house any more than He wanted Ananias to. There are things that, that, that strike me in this modern age in which we're living and one of them is a GPS how in the world did we ever find anything without a GPS (laughs) we used a map we used a map Uh, and and my daddy taught us boys how to read a map and he could determine you know hey up here at this intersection we got to turn left why do you know the the the, uh, The map says that's what we're supposed to do. But sometimes we got on the street that Daddy was looking for and we couldn't find the place that we were looking for. Well, the Lord's not leaving Ananias like that. He's not going to leave us like that. And I'd just like to mention something here. He told him, the house, the house, on straight street that he was to go to. There's a message in that. The house in the Bible is a picture of the local church. And it's like that because just as the house is where the family lives, the house is where our family gathers, the father and the mother and brothers and sisters and children, the house of the local church is where our spiritual family gathers. Spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers and brothers and sisters in Christ who are part of the family of God, who are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And therefore, we're members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. 
a spiritual family, just like our physical family. And the place where the spirit, our spiritual family meets is the house of the local church. Just like the place where our physical family meets and comes together is the house. And so the house in the Bible is a picture of the local church. And here is Ananias saying, Behold, I am here, Lord. The same attitude of heart that says, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the where of the Lord's will for Ananias includes a specific house on a specific street. I believe that's true of every believer. Because again, the Lord is not a respecter of persons. When, when we ask Him what He would have us to do, when we say, Behold, I am here, Lord, He directs us to the street which is called straight. That word straight means right and true. And it brings to mind, though it's not the same word, but, but it brings to mind the straight gate that we read about in, in Matthew chapter 7 and the narrow way that leads to life. That's the street which is called straight. That's the right and the true way that the Lord puts us on when we trust Him as our Savior. And on that right and true way, on that street which is called straight, the Lord has a specific house. He has a specific local church where He wants us to go. The house where the Lord wanted Ananias to go was the house of Judas. The house of Judas. The name Judas means he shall be praised. That's the same house where the Lord wants us to go. The house, the local church where the Lord wants us is the place where He, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only one who is worthy is praised and exalted and lifted up. The house, the local church where the Lord wants us is the place where in all things He has the preeminence. This is the significance of this specific where of the Lord's will for Ananias. And, and I like to think of it in the context of the pattern of Paul's conversion. Paul is being taken to this same place. He's being taken to this same place. To this, the house of Judas on Straight Street. That's why the Lord's sending Ananias there. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.16, the pattern of his conversion applies to each person who believes on the Lord Jesus to everlasting life. And so the pattern that applies to Paul, the pattern that applies to Ananias, applies to us if we're saved. The Lord has a specific house, a house of Judas, a local church where He's praised the Lord has a specific where, a specific local church on the street which is called straight. 
on the right and true and narrow way where He wants us to be. And one of those local churches is on the street which is called Bennett. 400 South Bennett Street. This church, Calvary Memorial Church, this is where the Lord has called many people. He called myself and my family here 45 years ago. But I wasn't interested in where the Lord wanted me or what He wanted me to do or when He wanted me to do it. And so I traded the three W's of the Lord's will for the two W's of my own rebellion. The two W's of rebellion are wondering, wondering, and wandering. Wondering and wandering. Wondering what I should do next as the director of my life while I led my family as we wandered around in the wilderness of rebellion. It took ten wasted years for me to give up the two W's of rebellion for the three W's, the what and the when and the where of the Lord's will. And the where of the Lord's will was the street which is called Bennett. 400 South Bennett Street. This church, Calvary Memorial Church. And there are a number of people here tonight, many, who would say, this is the where of the Lord's will for their life. This street, this local church, that's the place. And in that place, in the local church where the Lord wants us, in this 11th verse we see not only what uh, He wanted Ananias to do, we see what the Lord wants us to do there. Notice the Lord wanted Ananias to inquire in the house of Judas. Inquire in the house of Judas. I'd like for us just to, to think about those words. That's what He wants us to do. He wants us to inquire in the house where He is praised, where He is exalted, where He has the preeminence. And this word inquire here brings to mind a verse that David gave us. It's a verse that Mr. Creech quotes often. And it sort of explains something of this what of the Lord's will. Keep your place here and turn back for just a minute to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Psalm 27. And verse 4. David says, One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You know the only problem? The only problem in dwelling in the house of the Lord all the days of our life, you know what it is? It's, it's ourselves. It's ourselves. We'll be the ones to take ourselves out of the place where the Lord wants us. He's not going to take us out from there. He wants us to stay where He's put us. We'll be the ones to do that. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Now notice these next words. And to inquire in His temple. To inquire in His temple. Now let's go back to Acts chapter 9. This is what the Lord wants us to do in the house of the local church on the street which is called straight where He has called us. He wants us to inquire of Him. He wants us to inquire of Him. Lord, what wilt Thou have me to do? What wilt Thou have me to do? Now, we see another what that Ananias was to do there in the where in the house of Judas, on the, the, the street which is called straight. He was, well, let's just read verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now we read these words at the end of verse 12 concerning Ananias, putting his hands on Saul that he might receive his sight. And we learn in, in, in verse 18 what that means. Uh, he does that and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. That's what was on Saul's eyes. And we read that and we wonder how can that apply to us? How can that apply to us? Well, I'd like to suggest a thought to you. And the thought is that that is what we are to do in the house of the local church where the Lord has placed us. Turn back for just a minute to Mark chapter 8. Mark's Gospel chapter 8. And look at verse 22. Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. We read here concerning the Lord Jesus, He cometh to Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man unto Him and besought Him to touch Him. And He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when He had spit on His eyes and put His hands upon Him, He asked Him if He saw aught. And He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, 
And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Now, in verse 22, we see what only God can do. And that is spit on the eyes of blind people. Spit on the eyes of lost people. But why spit? Why spit? Because spit from the mouth of God is water from the mouth of God. And that's a picture of the Word of God. And only God can apply His Word to the eyes of lost people. Only God can put His hands upon blind eyes. And when He asks these newly this this newly uh, this man who's newly received his sight when he asks these newly saved people if they can see anything they say what this man said i see men as trees walking but then we come to verse 25 and this is what the lord wants us to do in the house of the local church for the souls who he sends our way the Lord wants us to put His hands, not our hands, we're not faith healers. The Lord wants us to put His hands on their eyes and make them look up. When I read that, what comes to mind are Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. For we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. It brings to mind the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is how we put the Lord's hands upon people's eyes like Saul. This is how we make people to look up. Look up to Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith. And when we do what the Lord wants us to do in the house, <coughs> excuse me, of the local church where He wants us, then the souls that the Lord sends our way, there will fall from their eyes as it had been scales. And they will be restored and see every man clearly. I want you to think about something. The Lord could have restored Saul's sight, couldn't He? He didn't need Ananias to do that. The Lord could have restored Saul's sight he could have removed as it had been scales from Saul's eyes. 
just as he could have removed the grave clothes with which Lazarus was bound hand and foot and face, when the Lord Jesus did what only He can do, and that was raise Lazarus from the dead. But you remember, the Lord gave a ministry to the people that were standing there when Lazarus came forth from the grave. And what was that ministry? He allowed them to be laborers together with Him. What was that ministry? To loose Him and let Him go. Loose Him and let Him go. The Lord could have done that. Just as He could have done, He could have opened Saul's eyes. But He gave this ministry to Ananias here in the house of Judas on the street which is called Straight. He allowed Ananias to be a laborer together with Him. He is not a respecter of persons. We are laborers together with God. And He gives us this same ministry. This same ministry. This is what the Lord wants us to do in the specific place where He has placed us. In the house of Judas, on the street which is called, in our case, Bennett. The question is, are we doing His will? Do we, do we come to Him and say, Lord, what wilt Thou have me to do? And when He tells us, are we following the three W's of His will? The what and the when and the, and the where? Or have we traded the three W's for the two W's of rebellion? Wondering and wandering. Wondering what we should do next as the captain of our lives while we wander around in the wilderness of our rebellion. May we allow the Lord tonight to examine our hearts and cause us to look at ourselves and think about these things. The Lord's will Critically important. Used to have a little sign on our cabinet. I don't know what happened to it. The Lord's will. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. That needs to be the desire of our heart. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank You for these few moments to study Your Word together. We thank You for the message that You put in every verse that whatsoever things were written aforetime, these things were written aforetime. You've given them to us for our learning. Learning. That we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. That we might walk with You. That we might serve You and live a life that will count for eternity. We pray that You would help us to have a passion for Your will for our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.